It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It's another Thursday night live with Colby Rebel. And whoa, whoa, whoa. We have such a special, special episode for you tonight. And I am beyond excited to uh, share this guest with you because, uh, like I said, you know, we've uh, we've been having these legends on, which we're so grateful for. But this particular medium, I will tell you, she has truly led the groundbreaking mediumship, evidential mediumship here in the United States, in New Jersey. And it's super exciting. And she's got this amazing story that we're going to dive into in a little bit as well. She actually used to be a Roman Catholic nun. Um, So (laughs) this is going to be an interesting story to see how that transpired into uh, being the reverend pastor and one of the most leading evidential mediums, spiritual mediums in the world. So this is going to be really, really fun, really exciting, and I'm super happy to have her this evening. So uh, if you have a question about medium development. So these are not going to be private readings tonight, only about the development, mediumship development, spiritual questions. It is 323-992-3115. We do have some questions already, but if you want to try to get through, we may be able to take a call or two. But again, very much about the mediumship, the development, the the student side of uh, the growth here. So Anyhow, our guest tonight is, like I said, a reverend. She is the founder of The Journey Within, a spiritualist national union church that's in Pompton Lakes, uh, New Jersey. Yoo-hoo! We love New Jersey. And and she is renowned for her evidential mediumship. She is a spiritual medium as well. Like I said, was... or. Past Roman Catholic nun. I, I think that's amazing. I can't wait to hear that story. Um, and she leads leads the path for helping students in their own development and works with the world's greatest mediums. So I would love to give a warm welcome to our guest tonight, Reverend Janet Nohavik. Hi, Janet. <laughs> 
Thank you, Colby. It's a real honor to be with you. Oh, I'm, I am so excited to have you tonight. So I hope you're not too tired. I know you just got back from traveling. You've got so much planned. I, I looked at your schedule a little bit. So uh, thank you for, for making time for us tonight and, and for the listeners as well. No, it's my honor. So back at my church, back, <laughs> back where I love to be. So it's all good. So, you know, as, as most people may or may not know, you, you were a, a former Roman Catholic nun. Um, yep. So through that experience, I, I would love to know, how did you know you were a medium and, and how did you make that transition? Um, I have to, I didn't, you know, as much as I had as a child, childhood experiences, maybe four or five years old of seeing my grandfather who had committed suicide, we didn't know what that was. You know, nobody knew for years that that was called mediumship. Um, but I always were, was able to see deceased people or hear voices from the other side. And um, it was not my plan to be a Catholic nun. It was certainly not in the consideration, but literally I heard a voice one night say, you are going to be a Roman Catholic nun. I had been sleeping and something woke me up and out of the corner of the room came this voice. and. First, I said, no, no way, the voice to the voice, you're in the wrong house. But the more I thought about it, I said, maybe it's what I'm supposed to do in my life. And I think now it truly was part of the story. And it really helped my mediumship. Because when you sit in the comet, you sit and pray and talk to God and ask for the saints and the angels to talk back to you. And that actually, you know, helped me develop my clear audience because sitting in the common doing that all the time actually is a stretch or reach to hear a distant voice. So it really helped my mediumship. I think it was meant to be part of the story. It's very uh, interesting. And how long have you been doing the spiritual mediumship? How many years now have you been a professional medium? Probably about 24, somewhere 23, 24 years now. Wow. Wow. And do you feel like you still have a close relationship to God doing the mediumship work? Um, I, I'd say because I choose to run a church, I have a commitment to service. You know, there are a lot of mediums who, you know, don't aren't part of churches or, or, or choose to run healing practices and different things. I mean, all mediumistic work is a healing thing, but uh, because I have a thriving church, I'm definitely still dedicated to God in service. Yes, yeah. Well, the church, let's let's uh, maybe share that for those who, who may not, I don't know how they wouldn't have heard of it, but for those who don't, it's the Journey Within, which is a spiritualist national union church. Now, it's in Pompton Lake. So I'm from New Jersey, and I know this is about two and a half hours north, and uh I, I literally, I think I got, was about two years ago, Tony Stockwell was doing a class there. So I got to meet you then and I got to see your beautiful, beautiful church. And you started that in 1996. And do you remember maybe what inspired you to, to start a church? Um, I had been to another spiritualist church, I have to say, um, but the standard of mediumship was not good. And when I started to get involved with the Spiritualist National Union in Great Britain, that this whole evidence thing was important to me. So um, I knew what I needed to do was different than what I was seeing here. Um, and that was controversial. Associating to Great Britain back then yeah. was a controversial move, but there wasn't another option. I knew that's, and, and if I was going to stand for this, you know, I wanted a level of mediumship where people said, you know, that's she has to be talking to the spirit world. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, so. you know, you do a lot of radio shows, interviews, and there is an emphasis on the evidence. So for the students out there listening, what what do you refer to as, you know, what would evidential mediumship be to you? And, and how does a student maybe uh, work on getting more evidence in their own connection? I think it's a real discipline to the student to uh, allow themselves the time to unfold their own gift. You know, people take a class and they're putting out a business card. You know, for most students, three to five years would be a good amount of time to put it into really coming to understand their own gift. Um, 
And uh, I, on some levels, believe you can be the type of, you get to choose to be the type of medium you want to be. If you set your standard really high, people will follow you, people will find you, people will recommend you, I have to say. It's the difference between having, you know, a two or three year waiting list or you're just getting by or hoping other people will come. So if you set your standard really high um, and you want to include really specific details so people feel like they've just had a visit from their loved ones, um, that they, they leave your office saying, you know, oh my God, I can't wait to come back, I have to say. Um, it's in a student's best interest to reach for that level. And there's quite a few students in America with really bad habits who are already practicing mediums. That was true of me when I went to England. Um, and I saw what I wanted and I was then, I knew if someone has gotten to that level of professionalism and, and level of evidence, all I needed to do was find out how they did it um, and take the time to unfold it. So, you know, um, it may need to shift for a student. You may need to just deepen your, your um, control, um, the overshadowing with the spirit communicator. Um, but, um, you know, that's why I wrote in my book, the 30 different things you could ask a spirit person, you know, so it's highly evidential pieces of information, I have to say. So the skeptic, when they sit with you say, wow, that she had to have been talking to them because otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't have just gotten that piece of information. So you have to push yourself and allow yourself the time to get to that level. But you also have to choose that's the standard you want. Right. I knew the standard I wanted. And you call that standard into your church, even with those teaching within your church, when you have visiting uh, tutors come and teach, you know, you, you maintain that standard as to whom you invite into your space. Yep. There is no truth to that. And we're affecting American mediumship across the, uh, across the country because mediums come here to train from all over. Yeah. And it's the best mediums training them. I have to say that are on the planet. So, um, we are affecting the standard of mediumship in the country to a higher level. And, and, you know, I'm really pleased about that. It's part of my mission, I have to say. Well, and it's, it's really, um, it's such a part of your legacy, you know, of, of what you've accomplished and uh, achieved. And really all because you listen to spirit. <laughs> and I think I try and get my ego out of the way. You know, there are teachers who are threatened if their student gets to be too strong. I mean, we're very much here to empower everybody, you know, across the board. Whoever comes here, empower everybody, because that will raise the consciousness of the whole planet. And yeah. We want that. We definitely want that. And when you started your, your mediumship, how... How did your family respond? Were they believers or supporters or was that? <laughs> Absolutely not. Supporters or believers. And I had a sister who was a born again Christian. So we had to agree to disagree, I have to say. Mm -hmm. And um, now they all think you absolutely, I absolutely chose the right path. Yeah. So now everybody's on board. In the beginning, because there was so little, 25 you know, years ago, there was very little public mediumship at all. So that was just society was even questioning, you know, what is this new thing here? Right. Know? So it's a bit of a different world. But, you know, we agreed to disagree in our family, but now everybody's on board and supporting it. So there's a, you know, I was even just um, speaking to someone last night and, and her family isn't as supportive uh, uh, maybe they're just kind of not believers uh, yet. What advice would you give a student who's, you know, trying to put themselves out there, who really wants to do this work, but they're so afraid of what their friends and family will think? Um, I've known people who've done their work and used a, a name that was not their real name. So they could be public in that way. I'm a big live and let live people. So I'm a big believer in don't try and convince anybody of what you should be doing. Once you're an adult, do what you feel you should do. Okay. You know? But yeah. I do know people that are really threatened by what their family might think. I, I think that's a soul growth thing. Um, and there's going to be a point where they can do that publicly. I've known both sides to this, I have to say, but, you know, I think somewhere you have to own it. I, you know, you look at um, St. Joan of Arc, there's some point you have to own this. Yes. Um, and uh, 
that that's a hard road someplace. It, it might just be in an interior world place, but there's a place where you really have to say, I cannot deny this is real to me and it is who I am. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you let the chips fall where they are. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's yeah, that's what my uh, grandmom says all the time. It is what it is. <laughs> so now tomorrow you are going to be at the Omega Institute. Is that correct? Uh, there's a course at the Omega, and um, it's just a busy time. John Holland will be coming into town. Yeah, uh, you've got that June 1st with John Holland. You're doing a platform mediumship workshop with him, right? Yep, and then we're off to the World Congress of Spiritualists in Great Britain. Yes. People coming from around the world, so, um, you know. Uh, it's busy and it's all good. I love what I, I'm blessed enough to be able to do what I love, which is fabulous. What is the greatest reward maybe that you get from, from teaching? Um, I'd have to say in teaching, uh, this is what I really believe about this. Having been a, you know, a former Roman Catholic nun, I, I, I think, um, in part people don't realize how powerful they are. And, um, you know, most traditional religions um, said someone else has the gift. It's not you. The, you know, the priest is the gifted one, someone else. But everybody on this planet um, is a very powerful soul, um, certainly has the ability to connect with the other side. And once I think you can empower a student to their own potential, um, it's like you've turned a light on for them that they can't deny. Um, so I love igniting the light, which then becomes the rest of their life, you know, um, in a spiritual enfoldment way of uh, entering into all the other aspects of their soul and potential. So um, I think the great part is like turning on that light where they realize I, I have this ability. Yes. You know? it's not just someone else. I have it too. Yeah. Um, that's the best part to me. Do you, do you feel that mediums, uh, do you have this, do you feel that they're either born with it or they're not? I think because of your soul birthright, everybody has a mediumistic capability and potential. Are the best mediums born? Yes, just like the, the best piano players that yeah. have ever lived were gifted in that way. Um, but I don't believe there is a person on the planet that does not have the mediumistic capabilities. Okay. It's, yeah. a, it's a soul incarnate talking to a soul discarnate. And just by being a, a, a soul, you have that potential. And you've had this privilege, or, or maybe not, <laughs> of, you know, working with so many other mediums right what, what do you feel like uh with their individual personalities and what they bring like how how is your approach to that how, what is the joy that you get from maybe working with someone who doesn't work like you or do you feel that they you know that you prefer the ones that are, are more similar um I, I have to say i prefer the ones that are spiritually based mm -hmm. um um you know, we, we do have to make a living at this and stuff, but I think there's a fair line. I think there's a line where it becomes not fair um, to someone. So, you know, most of the people we have here are also doing a, a spirit. They've committed their life to a spiritual body of work. Yes. And uh, it, it, I, I hear a lot of things to me that are disturbing um, of what mediums are doing. And that, that hurts my heart. I just have to say that hurts my heart, you know, you have to, people have to find their own path, but some of, some of the aspects of what's not so nice, you know, recently I heard of a medium who charges to pray for someone. Oh, now, <laughs> really crossing the line there of what to me, I don't respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a, that is a little troublesome, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So unfortunately there are aspects of that, you know, so, and, and I think, um, what I really respect of the people, you know, a lot of the other pioneers um, who are out front for this, you know, 50 years now as mediums and stuff, there's a spiritual depth to them. Yeah. Um, there's a light. You see that light within them, you know, um, and that's what I want every medium who's a student to, to follow because it, it, it just, you, your life changes by living from that spiritual place. So um, I've been, you know, I'm so blessed to work with who I work with colleagues, you know, and, 
and some to me like i said are motivated by different things but you know all of it's a learning curve yeah yeah and it's 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 wonderful again of i mean there's so many workshops and classes uh that you provide and again even the you know joe shield right he does um uh, you know, I, I love his work and, and it's the uh, spirit, spirit drawing, spirit artist. And so it is it's wonderful that you even bring in all these different modalities into your space and share that as well. And, and um, with with that, how about we um, take a, a student's question on air? So, again, if you get through student Please keep the question to mediumship development, if you will, um, because that's where we want to kind of take the focus, if if we can here. Uh, so let us do number nine, area code three two three. That's a LA area code, actually. So let's let's give someone in the home a, a little bit of a, a space here. Hello, caller. Who is this? Hello. Oh, is this me? Yes, Hello? It's, yes, it's you. <laughs> Hi. Oh. Hello. I didn't know what number I was. Oh, I know this is Jules it's just from Jules. your voice. Hi, yeah. Jules. Um, so do Hi, you, how are you? Good, good. As you know, we, um, we have Janet in the house. And do you have a question yeah. about mediumship development for, for Janet? Yeah, I was just wondering with Janet and her development, um, how it took shape for her and um, like what faculties started working with her and, and kind of what her journey was like as far as the ups and downs, because as us mediums know, there's always ups and downs in our journey. And um, so I was just curious how she got through those ups and downs. Okay, great. That's a, that's a great question. Janet, did you have ups and downs? <laughs> well, really big ups and downs, I have to say, because in the process of getting the church, um, the town didn't want us here, so the Division of Civil Rights had to get involved. So there were real big downs, I have to say. You know, uh, um, I think what you have to do through those downs periods, I have to say, if, if I knew this is what I should be doing. So when life gets tough as life is going to, there's you've got to put more self care in. More, mm. you know, we certainly have healing here, and I know when I need healing as well. So when there's difficulty, mm -hmm. you need greater self-care for those periods of time, you know, and that's just life. You know, we may have it in, in relationship to the things around us, but that's true of everybody that walks the planet, you know. Um, so during those challenging times, um, you know, we just have to find a way to self-care ourselves to, again, the tide turns in a different way. Um, my process sure. of unfoldment um, certainly changed to... Um, when I was awakened to the, the more evidential way of working, I have to say, um, the techniques I used uh, certainly changed. And and that's why I really wanted to represent that here in America, because there was so much poor mediumship or psychic uh, work that was being shown as mediumship. So, you know, um, uh, that process of unfoldment and even breaking bad habits to learn better habits, you know. Um, if you are a student, you know, um, look at a standard of mediumship you want to reach for, I have to say, because uh, you can see it in some of the foremost mediums of today, and then find the process of how to get to that standard, and don't let your own standard dip any lower than that. Gordon Higginson, you know, if you watch him on anything YouTube or any of the uh, demonstrations, his dem his expectation of every demonstration of mediumship he did was so high, but he pushed himself to produce that every time as well. So there's certainly a discipline about this, um, but there's also a joy in it as well. You know, um, you should love what you're doing in it. There's no doubt. Oh, perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Jules. Thank you. I hope that helps. Thank you. You're Bye. welcome. Have a good night. Uh, you know, that's a, I love that, Janet, that, you know, find someone that you really look up to their work and look up to their demonstrating and figure out how they did it. <laughs> yep. And they can teach you the path to get there. There's no doubt about it, but it's really an inside job. You know, you've yeah. got to go home and do the work. You've got to go home and do the discipline. You've got to do the practice. If people take a class and then don't practice, practice, practice it. 
they're not going to get better, any better till the next class. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. It's too, and and I think too, a lot of mediums that you know they expect it just to come and it's like well no no you you gotta go halfway too like you gotta meet yes. there you gotta <laughs> you gotta participate right absolutely yeah so, so uh, the process of working with it over and over and over again will show you why it's working and why it's not working or what you can do to shift it you know so it's a it's assessment all the time you know yes so. and how do you find ways to for even for yourself, I mean, do you still find ways to go deeper or, you yeah. know, push yourself? And, and how do you do that? Is, do you just sit in the power or is it practice? Um, it's part of my discipline that you definitely sit in the power. But it's also my knowledge of where I am energetically that um, if it's a perfect dem or whatever and the energy components are coming together it's almost like you can say i can kick this up another notch to like really well i have to say so uh, because uh, mediumship and the energy levels of it change all the time you can't bottle it you know right um, every time you do a contact it's different because the three components the the medium the sitter the audience and the spirit world so every time we put those three together it's different um Sometimes my energy coming to the day is the thing that's off. And sometimes you can shift that. Sometimes you can't. If you go to, you know, do a public demonstration you have to do and you've got a migraine happening, that's an aspect of the demonstration that's going to be affected by the medium, you know. Right. Sometimes you could do a demonstration of mediumship in a place that horrifically the energy is so bad in the place, that's going to affect it, you know. So I think in coming to understand all of these different aspects, um, you know, uh, you can either sh move it if it's if it's difficult, um, or find a way to shift the group. Um, so um, a complete understanding of the energy dynamics of how it comes together, or why why a reading is going in a in a challenging way. It's like to me, it's like a rose that opens up. Yeah. And sometimes the rose just didn't <laughs> open it. Right. And, if you're dealing with the public or private clients, you should be in a position to understand how do I shift this rose? Yes. Opening up, you know? Yes. Um, but all of it's, you know, really practice, 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 and an understanding of all the dynamics that come together for this to even happen, which is miraculous, I have to say. Now, when you talk about, especially like, say, in a demonstration, so for anyone out there who doesn't know, that's, you know, when the medium does it in an audience format um, when you and it's demonstrating uh, that the spirit world exists <laughs> um, when you do that and you're saying, you know, Hey, the energy can be a little sticky or a little tough or whatever the case may be. Um, how do you find ways to shift it? Is, is there an example that you can remember where there was something in this is what you did to shift it? Anything that you could suggest for the listeners? I think there's a lot of different ways you could shift the room, I have to say. Um, let's say they don't know anything about mediumship, that, you know, the whole room hasn't been to a demonstration. I would talk about that a little bit, I have to say. Um, you know, uh, some people do that, just a brief description in the beginning, I have to say. Um, you could also use humor to, sh to, to get the group to, to loosen up a little bit, um, I have to say. Um, there's no doubt about it. You can pitch by going directly to people in the audience rather than just throwing the information out. You could pitch to the back corners of the room, which brings the whole energy of the room to you, which you use like little footsteps to the, to the other side, you know. Um, you could stop for a moment and have the whole room connect with their loved ones and bring that presence into the room. There's so many ways you can look to shift the energy in a room where it's difficult. Um, Those um, are great ideas and suggestions you know, important to do it. There's so many others, but, you know, if you're going to work in public demonstrations, you have to really try and be able to shift that. And you'll go over that. In, so for anyone who's on the East Coast, uh, you're going to be doing this platform workshop with John Holland. So yep. I'm sure these are things that you're going to cover. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, and it's also talking about I know you're going to address the standard of work in that which is very exciting I think too teaching uh the mediumship and the fact that you know you're not just teaching them 
how to connect, but you're teaching them to go deeper or to raise the standard or to represent in a really heart-centered way, I think is is great for anyone you know, who can make it there. So, and that's, that's at the journey within that workshop, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And that's Friday, this Friday, Uh, next Friday, next Friday. Yeah. That's sold out actually. Well, that's a lot of opportunities. There's so much stuff happening here. I have to say, and a a lot of the classes are on the mechanics. Um, So, you know, there's so much happening here. And, and as you mentioned, the standard of the mediums that teach here that come from abroad. Yeah. Um, or from like John Honnell in this country as well. You know, um, they're all very adept at what they do. Uh, they, they've been doing it for years. Yeah, so. you've you've got a lot that um, th- that are working there that are surely they're they're great, aren't they? <laughs> I love them, but <laughs> it's, been my, it's my privilege and honor just to hang out with them. I have to say. You know, uh, oh yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's super uh, it's super super exciting. So, in your own experience, is there any is there any story that that you can kind of remember that is just funny that you you were like, oh my goodness, or the, you know, kind of getting through something either a personal connection with spirit that is funny or just a, a scenario that you were like, oh my goodness, this is I can't believe this came in. Is there anything like that that you can kind of remember? I think that happens all the time, I have to say. And I think in the part of that, you have to trust the spirit world. You know, um, I remember being in Florida at a demonstration and and the spirit world kind of dropped into my consciousness. Uh, it was a three-legged turtle, I have to say. And <laughs> you look at them and say, oh, why would it, you know, why would I give that? And and you give it to um, somebody in the audience because it was shown. And she says, oh, my God, that was my pet forever. I had this, you know, I think there has to be a trust if the spirit world shows you something. Um, that's just amazing. But I think it happens in almost, you know, individually, every story or every demonstration that, um, humor comes in, but so does really difficult, heartbreaking things. Yeah. You know? So, I, you know, there's there's laughter and then there's tears, I have to say. Um, but I think that the funniest things come in with just characters that were funny in life, I have to say. And when you paint them back to life, that personality comes out and they are hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's no doubt about um, truly if you paint a character back to life, you know, and all of its glory, if they had a wonderful sense of humor, uh, it's just, it's great when the whole audience starts to laugh because that really shifts the room as well. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. It's, and, and just, I I think when everyone can feel that connection, um, as one, as a community, that's such a a beautiful feeling, isn't it? It really is. And, And that happens a lot. It happens in the laughter, but it happens in, you know, the really sad stories that, you know, in a public demonstration when there's something really hard that comes forward, you know, the whole room feels it. But the beautiful piece of that is you almost need to thank the whole room to provide the energy. So the whole night could happen, you know, so someone might not get a contact, but it certainly means to us, if, if, if we can show you that one of us goes on and you can believe that that means all of us go on, you know, and that's the bigger story to this. We do all go on. I have to say, yeah, you know, that's why we do what we do, I have to say. Um, plus, it's a healing body of work. There's no, you know, it's lovely to have a phone call from heaven. Maybe Thomas Edison, who was working on a black, a black box that was going to talk to his deceased grandmother, maybe someday someone will do that. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Say, Mama, <laughs> you know, that'll be great, I have to say. Tell them we have mediums, but I hope someday it gets finished. Oh, you know? yeah. Now, yeah. when... When there is sensitive information or, you know, the heartbreaking stuff that comes through, what is your advice uh, on on how the medium maybe should handle a sensitive situation? Yeah, I think you have to be just appropriate. There's a boundary thing in this that you really have to respect. Um, I think there's a wording to say that, you know, um, you can portray something in a challenging way that doesn't need to go into the details. Because I've seen mediums go into too far um, of a disturbing description of what might have happened in a tragedy, I have to say. And I think there's a way to say that appropriately that everybody understands this tragedy happened yeah. without painting something that's, 
going to leave someone with a really disturbing memory without graphic graphic yeah, content graphic things and and you know I, I i've seen that done a lot in a wonderful way where people respect that but I've, unfortunately i've seen mediums do that in a way that i just cringe yeah at, yeah at how that unfolded you know so i think we have to be really sensitive about that word this is a healing body of work you know yeah um and uh, the, those graphic scenarios are really not necessary. Yeah, I, I agree. So how about a, another caller? Are you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so student, if you get through, let's have a, a question about the mediumship development. How about uh, number 8207? Let's see who this is. Hello, 207. Who is this? Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi, who is this? It's Kathy Martin, but I'm not a student, but you know what? I'm just going to cheat for one second and say hello to you, ladies. Hi, Kathy. Well, thank you, you for, for tuning in. I really, I really appreciate it. I'm glad you got through. And so there's no questions about the mediumship development, so we'll probably, right? You don't have any questions, right? <laughs> nope. Okay. But thank you very much. I'm enjoying your show and have a wonderful evening. All right, Kathy. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, so let's do another one. How about number 164407? That's Orlando. <laughs> ah. I believe it's, yeah, 407. This is, hello, who is this? I'm so sorry. I was actually, my name's Linda. I was actually going to disconnect because I realized that you guys were talking about mediumship um, classes and not actually doing mediums oh. this evening. Okay. Well, that's okay. So. You can, well, glad you at least got through. So maybe that's a little, little nod from your spirit friends. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it. But thank you. <laughs> no problem. Bye-bye. I think that is neat that they got through, though, right, Janet? Because we have a ton of callers in, so I think it's really, really neat yep. that they did get through because it is maybe a maybe it is a nod from their loved ones saying, "Hey, we Absolutely. are here," <laughs> and they are here. I have to say, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And wh what message? You know, what signs and symbols do do you tell anyone who's looking to do this? Um, what signs and symbols do you tell people that they can look for to know that their own loved one is around? I, I actually believe it. And, and it's on the journey within website. Um, we have a YouTube channel. There's actually a meditation there called the upper room. So people can connect with the other side for themselves. Um, because it's not always possible to have a medium around. Uh huh. You have a relationship with your loved ones, so we have a couple meditations up there, so people can, you know, if it's a, if it's a holiday and they're missing their son, they can use this meditation in the morning to go sit with their son. I have to say, um, and once they're in that, then I suggest they make a list of maybe six or eight different signs they could say to their mom or their dad and say, "I want you to use these. I want you to use a butterfly or oh, yeah. a cardinal. I want you to use a smell of smoke or perfume. I want you to." use a certain song, I have to say. Could be anything under the world, I have to say. Um, as long as you say that to your loved ones on the other side and say, and then trust it and live it. Yeah. Um, I I set up this... Um... I have a, I have a, uh, I have a couple stepfathers in spirit, but one of them, um, I set up this sign while he was still in the living of blue suede shoes, yeah. and you know you don't I, we wouldn't think that they'd be so common to see these days, right? You'd yeah. be amazed at how many people not I see wearing blue suede shoes. Yeah. It, it's such a little giggle of like, huh? It's it, it is it works, right? Right before my mom passed, because we have a ton of student mediums around here who would have known my mom passed. So they're all going to say they've got my mom. So before she passed, I made sure I gave her a couple codes that are <laughs> really unusual. So if a medium comes up with that, they've got to have my mom, I have to say. So if, you, if you're still in relationship, even while they're alive, you know, set up these signs with them while they're still here, I have to say. But if they've made their transition, you can tell them that these are the six or eight things you want to use and then trust it and live it, I have to say, because they want to maintain 
a relationship with you. And it's something to look forward to because in the circle of life, we will see them all again. There's no doubt about it. Yes. Yeah. And I love that, that, you know, that they want to continue the conversation with you. They want you to know they care what's happening mm-hmm. in your life. They want you to know they've seen the new baby that was born. They want you to know they that they see you go to the graveyard and clean up the flowers around that, you know? Yeah. Um, and in some ways, they can still experience this planet through you, I have to say. So, you know, um, people talk about ghosts and house and stuff, you know. <laughs> if a woman lived in a house for 99 years and she loved that house, she's not come to haunt it. She's yeah. Visit the place that she loved. Yeah. So, you know, they can still experience this planet through us. Yeah, I love that. And all right, so we do have a, I believe we have a student question, number 17303. Hey, Janet and Colby, this is Katie. Hey, Katie, how are you, honey? I'm good, thank you. Do you have a question? Um, Janet, I need to, I do. And Janet, I love your books. I just wanted to say that. Um, My question is related to development. I find that when I'm doing evidential mediumship, not all signs and symbols come through one after one another. And I would love to get your advice of how to to make it flow a little bit better. So you mean the information doesn't come through? Um, uh, I would just need to know a little, are you predominantly clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient? Um, How do you mostly receive Um, your information? Clairvoyant. So sometimes... um, it just takes a little bit of time to see, you know, one thing and then get something else and then something else that I'm, I'm okay. trying to, I would, I would do some exercises. Excuse me. Uh, um, there's a really good book, which is called the development of the third eye. And I would try and strengthen your, your, you know, third eye area, which is the seat of clairvoyance. Um, and the stronger that, that gets, I have to say, the more they can stimulate, you know, how they give things to you. We also had a student medium here where it just wasn't coming, you know, in a, in a way that was a flow. Um, so I would encourage you also attempt to develop your clairsentience and clairaudience at the same time. Um, use exercises to do that as well. And, and ask for the spirit world, I have to say literally, um, that you need it to come in a quicker way. I would suggest from my book as well, you know, the 30 things you can ask the spirit world. Um, Week to week, say this week, dear, you know, to the spirit world, I want you to show me memories. Um, Next week, I want you to show me where people are laid to rest. Um, The following week, I want you to show me um, who was there when they passed. The week after that, I want you to show me something that they left behind. Because the more you can incorporate that stuff into your repertoire with the spirit worlds, um, the w- it will start to come faster. Because the spirit world will say, well, we can show her that. We can show her that. We can show her that. And then the flow will just get quicker on its own. It, it, it has to evolve to that. But it will. As long as you keep practicing, it will. I hope that helps, Katie. It does. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a, have a beautiful night. Yeah, many blessings. So, w- obviously, I think people can read read your books. Um, are there any other recommendations? So, if if a student wants to develop, but maybe they don't live in an area that there's a circle offered to them, or that they're not able to uh, do a mentorship, is there any advice that you have for someone who who wants to develop, but maybe doesn't have the the uh, opportunity to in a physical way? Um, I would say now, you know, particularly, you know, um, people are doing quite a bit with Zoom. So, you know, I do an online lecture series, I have to say. Um, The Spiritualist National Union International, which is the SNU, Mm -hmm. um, for $40, you can join for the year. And there are practice groups every night with that organization. It's evidential, I have to say. So even if you live in a remote area, you can practice with people. You know, I, I think that's what the Internet has done for us um, in a way that if you're not local to someone, you can do that, I have to say. Yeah. Um, so the opportunity is certainly there. So if you're remote, it shouldn't it should not close down your possibility. OK. Anymore. 
Yeah, they could. They should be able to, you know, online the 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 uh, World Wide Web. <laughs> Absolutely, now I have to say, but that group is is you know, like I said, for forty dollars, what you have available for you for the year, um, as far as lectures and even practice groups. You know, there's opportunity now that's just great. Yeah, especially and forty dollars will will really work with most budgets. So that's that's kind of a nice offering. And, and then once, once you get comfortable enough, you know, in the very beginning, I did free readings for people, yeah. you know, so, you know, free is free. I think you'll get a, a bunch of lineups. And even if you, you know, um, even phone readings, if you can connect via the phone, if there's not anybody local, you know, people can do that. You just listen to the voice of whoever is calling in or you're working with and just ask in the spirit world to bring someone, you know, there, there is a way to develop even if you're remote these days. And what would you tell a student, you know, if they if they're connecting and they're getting information and evidence, but then they feel like they've lost the connection? Um, wh- I think they have to do a lot of work with um, uh, getting into the power and sustaining the power. OK. OK. Um, I know there is a um, I would really suggest uh, Glenn Edwards, who was a British medium who is now passed. Uh, Glenn Edwards, uh, he was a tutor at Arthur Finley College. If you go online, there's a recording of him. Um, it's about 45 minutes long about getting into the power. It's the most beautiful you know, process that could be really helpful to people. Um, so because it's a long piece, um, people drop their connection because they're not um, using the discipline to discipline themselves to stay in the power for that long. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's just part of the process of unfoldment. You know, once you're trained, it shouldn't be an issue for two, two and a half hours, three hours to sustain the power. Right. So um, I think the reason it's not working for them in that way is they, they're not really in the power to start with. Okay. That's, that's a great, uh, that's a great point. And, and it, it does take, it's like a muscle. I think, you know, you can make it stronger. (laughs) It's absolutely an unseen muscle. Yeah. And that's an absolute real term. You know, you have to work that muscle over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then one, um, one more question, if, if you don't mind, um, what would you say, what would you say to a skeptic? Like, you know, what, what, Anything that you would say or, or advice you'd give to someone who is reading for a skeptic? I would, I would really go into it. I have to say, uh, and, and I do say this, um, for the one that's reading for the skeptic, uh, pretty much just say, screw it. I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> because pressure kills mediumship. Yeah. And if you feel the pressure of the skeptic, then you're going to feel that. So I've been known to turn my chair away from the skeptic and look at the wall and just... It, if you're a medium, your biggest port of call is your relationship with the spirit world. Um, so if you're sitting with someone who's skeptical, I have to say, just go into your power and connect with the spirit world, I have to say. Um, and to the skeptic, you really don't have anything to prove. You know, um, you do the best best you can, I have to say. Yeah. If you're a medium, Let's say I was going into a reading and I had a really strong skeptic in front of me and I knew I wasn't feeling that well that day. Um, I may not be able to rise to the standard of really changing his life, you know, because um, I can't just push to, to a deep, deep level, I have to say. But there have been days where I've sat with a skeptic where I was in a perfect energy place and I'm going to kill it because I'm going to change his life today. Yeah. You know? So when I say you have to assess the situation, is the person even open to this or has he really come to prove you wrong? Right. And if he's come determined to prove you wrong, it might be kinder for you to stop the reading after five or 10 minutes and say, you know what? I'm not the medium for you. Yeah. That's more self-care of the medium, I have to say, you know, or if I'm really in a perfect energy place with an outstanding connection with the other side, I'll sit there and say, I'm going to change his life today and just go for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, you have to know your, your energy and how the energy is flowing of the day, you know, cause there are some days, you know, uh, for years and years, every week we do two services here. 
some of those days you wake up and, and you just don't feel well, but you still got to get up there. Yeah. You know, so you do the best you can. And there are other days where you get up there and the, you are walking in heaven. <laughs> yeah. That is our world. Yes. It, it's ebbing and flowing all the time, you know. So I say to the skeptic, just come with an open mind. And, uh, you know, if, it, if, if, if the evidence is accurate, please at least honestly say that to me. But I know there are people we sit with that really come to just, they're not going to give an inch. They yeah. definitely want to destroy the reading anyway. And if that's how it's flowing, don't even do the whole half hour, finish it. Yep. Perfect. Well, Janet, that, that really is about all of our time here. It, it, it flew by. And again, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for you taking the time. I know it's, it's later evening there for you and, but you know, sharing, sharing your wisdom and advice and experience and connection. I know that has helped so many students and just listeners who are passionate about learning and, and their own connection. So I want to just thank you so much. And oh, thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. And uh, for everyone out there, have a beautiful night. And thank you again, Janet. Have a great night. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Star, but only strictly where I'm famous. I'm in this foot along this hall, like we'll see where it takes us. I'm throwing back these double shots, like whiskey here is weightless. Cause, cause this career I chose was even riskier than Vegas, yo. It's cutting into your exercise time, <clears throat> it's stabbing you in the back nine. <clears throat> And it's attacking your peace of mind. Oh. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.